homeland. And now he is going there uh, to preach the gospel, to see people saved. And, um, and they are work. Paul, um, with Barnabas, is working their way across the entire island. And just so if you are not familiar with your geography, if you think about the Mediterranean Sea, and you think about, I'll, I'll do it with where you guys are. So over, let me see if I can make, get this right in my brain. So where Israel is, I've got I've to do it this way. So, all right, here we go. I got it now. So Israel's over here. The coast of Israel is here. The Mediterranean Sea is right here. Um, the island of Cyprus is right here, very close uh, to the, the coast of Israel. And it's a little island that looks kind of like you're part of your arm, and there's a little crook here at the end, and there's this piece pointing out here. That's the island of Cyprus, and that's where they're at. And they, they landed. They came over here from Antioch. They sailed across the Mediterranean just a short distance and landed here on this side of the island, on the east side of the island. And now they've made their journey all the way across, and they found themselves on the west side of the island, on the coast, um, at, in a city named Paphos. And so that's where the kind of the story picks up here. And so let's look here in Acts chapter um, 13. We'll begin reading in verse 6. And, and it says this, it says, And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to, perverse, to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So that concludes our reading for tonight. Let's ask the Lord to bless the preaching, the reading of his word, and then we'll get into the message tonight as we look at this idea of opposing evil. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for Crimson Avenue Baptist Church. We thank you for everyone being in their place this evening. I pray that you would just bless and use this church. Thank you uh, that we get to see them in their new building tonight. And uh, Lord, thank you for just how you're working in this church and how you're uh, just moved them here and getting them established here. I pray that you would just bless the work in a great way that many souls here in Nixa would hear the gospel, trust Christ and be saved and the folks would be encouraged and that you would just use this church in a great way to be a lighthouse here in Nixa, Missouri. Lord, thank you for our time together. I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word. Lord, help me to proclaim the truth from your word how you would have me to. I pray that you would bless each person that's here tonight, that you would bless them as they listen, that you would speak to their hearts and just work in their hearts as only you can, Lord. And that we know it's all in vain if, it's not, uh, if, we, if we don't hear from you. And Lord, we just ask for that tonight. And we pray that you would just help me as I preach and just uh, bless the evening, bless Brother Eccles while he's away and just bring him back safely here 
And Lord, thank you for your goodness, and we love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we, as we find here in this passage, we, we find um, Paul and Barnabas, as I said, on the uh, Isle of Cyprus um, in a city called Paphos. And, and one of the things that's interesting about the city of Paphos is that was where the governor of the province lived. And this is this man, Sergius Paulus. It calls him a deputy here. He's a Roman proconsul, or sometimes also called the governor. But just so you know who this guy is, he's the main man in charge of the whole island of Cyprus. He, he is really the one that is in charge, that he was placed over um, the, the region of Cyprus. And so for Paul and Barnabas to get an opportunity to be able to interact with him, to be able to have him be able to preach the gospel to them, that's a great opportunity that God set up. And, and we can understand that this was not a coincidental circumstance that happened there. And, and I think that's something good for us to remember. God places us in divine appointments. God, God orders our steps. He puts us in places. And, I, I, and it behooves us to be prepared for those appointments when he uh, puts them in our way. That we're ready to share the gospel. There's people that uniquely we get the opportunity to interact with, to be able to meet, to be able to have an influence in, that just like Paul and Barnabas got here, the opportunity to witness this man, Sergius Paulus, who else would have got to do that? And, but, but you have opportunities in that in your life. There's, there's many people I know that you don't, and vice versa. But, and when God places those people in our path, we need to make sure and take those opportunities to be able to share the gospel. But, but we also understand that there is opposition. When we try to do God's will, certainly there is always opposition that, that takes place. Now, the island of Cyprus was a wicked place. Paphos, in particular, was a center of Aphrodite worship. So it was a very... Um, lustful city, a, a city taken over by idolatry. So there was a lot of spiritual um, battles taking place for them to even go here, for even for them to share the gospel. And we don't hear a lot of the details. We really only see this one man that they interact with, really two men, um, one they're preaching the gospel with, and then one who is opposing what is going on. And we find this man is named is Bar-Jesus. And and that name Bar-Jesus means son of Jesus or son of Joshua. But, but I really think as, as you look at the interpretation, he is a man that is titled a false prophet. And why is he called a false prophet? He's called a false prophet. He's called a sorcerer as well. Well, it's because I believe by, based on the context, you know, he is, if you're a false prophet, then you have to be putting yourself forth as a prophet, first of all. To be, to be a false one. So he, he was one that was putting himself forth as doing something religious, that was doing something spiritual, as doing something even connected to Jesus, and so it seems just based on his name. And I think it's interesting, too, that as Luke is, is pinning this down for us, that he also uses his other name, Elimus, which doesn't have that connection with Jesus. I don't think he wanted to just keep using Bar-Jesus every time when he was talking about this man, because this man had no connection at all with Jesus. And we have to be very careful about that, because that really kind of leads into the idea that I want to start off as we look at opposing evil. The first thing we need to understand that evil exists in this world. I know that may sound very obvious. I mean, we, we don't have to, especially at this time of year. It, it, it is just... 
so sad how much evil you just you go to Walmart, you go to Lowe's, you go to any kind of store right now, and you think, what on earth is going on? I mean, it is just solely focused on darkness, on evil, just the gore, the focus on death, witchcraft, evil of all kinds is being promoted. And who's it being promoted to? Kids. And, it, and it, there's just a, we find in our society a very much a normalization of all types of evil. And for even you just to say, don't you think this is a little bit strange that we're dressing up little Johnny like an axe murderer? And, and, and people just look at you like, what are you talking about? You're just such a spoil sport. You have no fun. No, but there's evil in our society. And, and, and us as Christians have to be very careful that we too do not get desensitized to the evil that is all around us. I mean, there, there are so many times that we can get any type of circumstance. It's very quickly, it's easy for us to normalize, to get used to, to become accustomed to, and get really desensitized to it that we almost don't even see. I mean, you think about, look back 20 years, and think about things that are going on now that today you don't even hardly bat an eye about. There's a lot of them. I mean, myself included. There, there is so much darkness. And why, why have we become accustomed to it? Because it's just so prolific. It's very hard for us. We'd almost go crazy if we didn't somewhat get numb to it because it is so pervasive in our society. But, but we need to remember that this evil is here. And even 1 Peter 5.8 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And I want us to be reminded tonight that our, the world is not our friend. The world is not our home. The world is not on our side. And, and we have, there are people out there, um, and those who are unsaved are at enmity with God. Scripture makes that very clear. We see this man, Elimus, he was someone who was at enmity with God. He, he even had the guise of religion on his life, but yet he was not on our side. He was in opposition to what God was wanting to do in this man Sergius Paulus's life. And, and, and we need to also remember that false religion is an enmity with God. And, and why do we as independent Baptists not yoke up with every other kind of religion and so-called faith and Christian group out there? Well, the reality of it is we're not all on the same team. Those who are preaching a false gospel are not on our side. They're not on the side of the truth. They're not even on, they're not even on God's side. And, and we find this man, Elimus, he, who he is showing his true colors here. Here these two men are trying to preach the gospel to this man who needs to be saved, but yet he's opposing them at, at every turn. And, and, and many times we'll find, and even if you read mission letters, who are the people that have, are giving the most opposition to our missionaries out there? It's all kinds of religious groups. That may fall under the category of Catholics. It may, they may be Hindus. They may be Muslim, depending on where you find yourself. But, but there are many, many groups out there that have the name of God or purport the name of God or use God as part of their name or what they're doing, but, but are not on the side of truth, are not doing things according to Scripture. And, and we need to be aware. We need to be uh, cautious of these things. And, and really, Paul, he tells it like it is. 
He, he, he shows and, and gives us some characteristics of these things and, and really says, Elimus, here's who you are. And he paints a very stark picture, doesn't he? If, if we look down here in verse 10, it says, And said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? He's saying, this man is not of God. This man is not even religious. He may be religious, but he is not of God. He's not a son of Jesus. No, who he is is the son of the devil. And, and so we need as Christians to be on guard because there is an enemy out there. There are those that are against God. And, and so how do we oppose this evil that we are confronted with every day? It's something that we need to understand. It's my kids need to understand. You need to understand. I need to understand. We face evil every day. We, we are confronted with evil at every turn and in many different aspects of our life. And, and, how we, and we'll get into some more details about that here in a minute. But, but the first thing we're going to look at, if we are to oppose evil, the first thing we find we must need to do is we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it is critical for us to be spirit-filled if we are going to hope to fight against the evil and have success and victory over the evil that is in this world. Uh, let's look over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll, we'll, we're getting to a verse, but I, I want to start in verse 17. It says this, it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, so here in these verses, um, Paul is instructing those at Ephesus the necessity and the importance of leading a spirit-filled life. And, you know, as we look at the book of Acts, and as you read through the books of Acts, one of the things you, you'll quickly understand, all the way back in, in chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after the, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we find that being played out there in Acts, throughout the book of Acts, that very, that kind of one verse, Acts 1.8, is kind of a microcosm of the entire, it's kind of a summary, really, of the entire book of Acts. But we find that the, the core component of why these people were able to have the success they were, getting the gospel from, you know, 120 believers, really, when Christ ascended to thousands and thousands of believers not just in one locality, but really across the entire known world. They didn't do it in their own power. They didn't do it in their own ability. It wasn't in the ability and talent of Peter. It wasn't in the ability and talent of Paul. And then even we, we many times idolize uh, Paul in certain ways because of his great accomplishments and the things that he did. But even Paul himself testified, I'm not a great speaker. I am not much to look at. I am the chiefest of sinners. I have a thorn in the flesh. 
There was all these hindrances and challenges to the Apostle Paul. How was he able to do that? We know it wasn't Paul, but we know it was the Holy Spirit of God working through his life. And if we were to oppose evil, we need to have the Holy Spirit of God working in our life. So we, we can't do it. The only way we can do it is with God's help. And we will not have victory over this world and over the evil without the Holy Spirit filling our lives. And if we are having great challenges, even with evil in our own personal lives, those two things go hand in hand. Are we walking with the Lord? Are we meditating on his word? How are we, are we spending time with our Heavenly Father? Are we trying to grow? I know in the times when I've had challenges, I feel like the darkness is creeping in. And then I look, at, I look over here at my life. Well, what have I been doing as far as my walk with the Lord? Well, I've been letting my Bible reading slip. I've been letting how much I'm praying and talking to the Lord. That's been slipping. That's been slipping here and here and here. And as we start opening that door and opening those cracks and allowing the Holy Spirit not to fill aspects of our life, but allowing ourselves and our will and, and other things, the evil that is in this world, things begin to slip, don't they? And, and we must be spirit-filled if we're going to have victory over sin. But as we look at the evil, one of the things, and when we try to oppose evil, one of the things we need to understand is that the sin must be confronted. We must confront sin. Um, there's a quote from Thomas Jefferson that says this. Uh, it says, evil triumphs when good men do nothing. And, and I think we understand that Paul wasn't inspired by Thomas Jefferson, and that's why he, he stood up against Elimus when he was trying to, you know, dissuade Sergius Paulus from hearing in the faith of God. Um, but, but Paul understood that Sergius Paulus's soul was at stake. He understood that there was a great, um, there was a man that needed to be saved. There was, there was so much um, that was necessary for him to hear. He needed to hear the gospel. He needed to trust Christ as his Savior, just as all lost people do. And Paul was very upset at the sin that was taking place, and he confronted it directly. So that means we're supposed to go out and start protesting everything, right? Now, I, that, that is not what I'm saying, how we are to confront sin, although that, that, might, that may be appropriate in certain circumstances. I'm not saying that that isn't. But Paul puts... This, this concept of how our approach towards sin ought to be in Romans chapter 12. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, let's, let's turn over there real quick to Romans chapter 12, not over just a, a few pages, in, uh, in verse 17, Romans 12, 17. It says this, Recompense, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So, 
as, as Paul is, is dealing with the evil, we, we need to be careful to remember that as we're dealing with people who are, are against God, they are still a soul that Jesus Christ died for. And, and we need to make sure that as we're dealing with evil, we're really confronting the sin, that we should be mad about the sin. We should be upset about the sin. But, but in that, it's very difficult sometimes to separate the sin from the sinner, right? It, that is sometimes very challenging for us to do. We, we still need to love people that are in sin. That we need to love people that are opposed to us, that hate us, that even don't want people to hear the gospel, that are even preaching a, a false gospel. They need to hear the truth. And, and I, I understand that is very difficult. And that also underscores the, the essential necessity for us to be spirit-filled as well, because that's only the way, because what we, we want to do, we want to fight with people. Sometimes we want to physically fight with them. And sometimes we want to take that frustration that we have into our own hands and even sometimes physically deal with things because we, we get upset because of evil that's taking place. No, but, but Paul is reminding us that, that we need to love our enemies. We need, we need to, to care for them. But how do we overcome the evil? He says there in verse 21 um, in Acts 12, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's what Paul was trying to do here. He was confronting the man. He was confronting the sin. But ultimately, God is the one that, that got to the victory in it. And as we also think about in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, uh, I'll not have you turn there. If you want to try to turn there quick, that's fine. But just for the sake of time, it says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And I'm going to also point your attention to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 17. It says this, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So as we, we look at these verses, we understand... That certainly the world is our enemy. The world system is at odds with us. But some of the evil, I would, I would dare say the primary source of evil that we have to confront is evil right in here. Right in here. How many people here live with a sinner? I know I do. Most do, I guess. And actually, we all live with the sinner. We live with ourselves. We, we deal with a sinner every single day. And we've got to confront that evil. We cannot allow the evil in our own life to continue. If there's evil that's taking place, if there's evil in our heart, if there's darkness in our heart, we have to get serious about that. We have to confront it. We need to oppose it. We need to ask for God's help. And, and how do we do that? 
the first thing we've got to do is we've got to confront the sin. We've got to, we've got to see our sin as God sees it. And just as I was talking about being desensitized to the evil, we can also be very desensitized to the evil that's in our own life. We can start consuming. We start getting a diet of evil. Like, nobody liked coffee the very first time they drank it, right? You don't, you don't, you don't. Most people don't, but, you, but there's a lot of things that may taste not that great the very first time you take it. But if you start getting a steady diet of it, you know, you can get used to a lot of stuff. I have to take herbs sometimes that taste really weird and, don't, and taste terrible. But, you know, after you do it for a couple months, you kind of adjust to it and you kind of get used to it. And sin is very similar. We, if we start consuming a diet of it, the, that sin that used to bother us doesn't bother us anymore. But, but as the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart and shows you there's a place of darkness in your life, You've got to confront it, and you've got to deal with it. We've got to agree with God about it. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. But I, but I fear sometimes, as, as I read and look at that passage, what do we act like as independent Baptists many times? No sin here. I'm all good to go. I've got the, I've got the right stuff on. I've got my tile straightened up. I'm here. Obviously, I'm here. So, why are you preaching to us about sinners? Listen, we all have darkness. We all have sin. And, and, and it frightens me sometimes when, when I go to church, I hear a very clear message preached that touches on points that applies to every single person. And how does it do that? The Holy Spirit of God is able to make application in your life and, and speak to those things. And the invitation time comes. And what happens? There isn't even a stir. There's not even a little sniffle. There isn't anything. And, and, and what does that project? I'm okay. I'm all right here. Heaven forbid, if I go down to the altar, somebody will think I'm a sinner. Somebody will think that that message touched my heart. That message should touch all of our hearts. Whatever that, we, we should be willing to humble ourselves we should be willing, and I'm not trying to, I'm not, please understand, the last thing, I am not trying to have people come down to the altar tonight. That is not what I'm saying at all. What, but what I'm saying is we, we sometimes, as Christians, take a posture, even amongst ourselves, and we convince that everybody else is fine, and we're just the only one that has the problem. We think that, and I, I've talked to people that they feel like, well, I'm the only wicked sinner here. I look around at all these people, and they don't have any problems in their life. No, folks, we do. And we all need God's help. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross, is because we are all in the same boat. We all need Jesus. And we all need to be spirit-filled. We all need to walk with him. But, but we need to make sure that we are confronting the evil in our life. I need to make sure I'm confronting the evil in my life. And, and if we want to get victory over the evil, the only way we can truly do it 
is we must allow God to get the victory. We are not going to turn over a new leaf. We are not going to be able to work ourselves up enough to change our own heart or our own attitude or our own approach or posture towards sin. Paul understood that he could not save Sergius Paulus, nor could he stop really what Elimus was trying to do. And he could have tried to stop him in the flesh. But had he tried to do that in the flesh, it'd be very much like when Peter brought his sword out and cut the, the servant of the high priest's ear off. Peter didn't stop anything. He just ended up causing more problems than he helped in that, in that moment there. And when we try to take things into our own hand, when we try to fight against the evil ourselves, we're, we're going to look just like Peter. And we've, we've probably all done that, tried to deal with something in the flesh, handle something in the wrong way, you know, see a problem that's taking place. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'll fix this. And then you have looking really stupid. And, and you look, and instead of actually helping the problem, I've, I've done this. I just made the problem worse. And that person, boy, I thought I was going to show the light. It did absolutely nothing to them. Except just more confirm that whatever they thought about the situation was more accurate. Because I had a bad spirit and had a bad attitude about it. And, and what should I have done in that circumstance? I should have done precisely what David did when he was dealing with Saul. He's like, I'm going to let God take care of it. And, and that is, needs to be our approach. Paul allowed the hand of the Lord to deal with his enemies. You know, we must trust God to deal with the evil that we face. You know, we look to all different kinds of people to, that they're going to save us from the evil. We may find that it's being philosophy, that it's going to be in the new political leader. Boy, if we can just get the new political leader in, that's going to fix all of our problems. No. Jesus Christ is the only one that can give true victory over the evil that is taking place in this world. And, and the thing also we need to remember as we are allowing God to deal with the evil... You know, God smote Elimus at a time of his choosing. We don't get to choose when God, when we place it in God's hands, then place it in God's hands and let him deal with it. Then, then we need to just rest in that, that God has it under control. With, with David, as I spoke about earlier, you know, it was years, years before God dealt with Saul. Now, in this circumstance, God dealt with Elimus Instantly. He smote him with blindness and resolved the problem. But, but one of the things I see that as we're trusting God to take care of the problem, his timing is his own. And it, and it is not for us to try to force God to deal with the evil that may exist out there, that even the evil that may be oppressing us or attacking us or that we may be struggling and fighting against. Um, evil takes many different forms, but we need to trust God to deal with it. And so, so the, the, the challenge tonight is I want to remind us that we've got to allow God to deal with the evil and we must oppose the evil. God has placed us here to be salt and light. We, we cannot be salt and light with darkness. Light and darkness are completely incompatible one with another. As soon as you flip a light on, guess where the darkness goes? It goes bye-bye. But when we try to blend evil, 
We try to allow evil to be in our life or allow evil as part of what we're doing on a day-by-day basis. You know, I think about all the different places where evil can get a toehold in our life. What about this thing right here? A constant barrage and constant stream of opportunities. This is a doorway to evil that we all need to be on guard of. My kids need to be on guard of it, but, but my kids aren't just the only one that need to be on guard with it. I need to be on guard with it. Our computers, our TVs, all the stores we go to, there, there is a constant barrage of evil that the enemy places in us. And so I want to encourage us tonight to be, be on guard. Because you know what? The souls of men are in the balance. And if we do not tell them the truth of God's word, who is going to tell them? Who is going to fr- confront them? Elimus wasn't doing it. As you think about that, why did Sergius Paulus want to hear from Saul and Barnabas? He obviously knew he had this advisor. Um, Elimus was connected with Sergius Paulus, and, and that's how he was able to oppose what was going on there. But Sergius Paulus knew deep down inside that whatever religion, whatever advice he was giving, wasn't filling and dealing with the problem in his soul. He knew he needed something different. He needed something authentic, something true. And that gives us all a great opportunity that we have the truth. We have something that is authentic that can change people's lives. And we need to confront them with it. We need to share it with them. But when we attempt to follow God, we will face the opposition of the enemy. When you, you may say, boy, there is some things in my life that I need to deal with. And I'm going to start dealing with it. The instant you walk out this door, the opposition is going to start from all different areas. It may, it may be even be within your own family. You may have your own family members, even your own family members that say that they're Christians, criticizing you for trying to follow God and do what's right. But, but in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, Peter reminds us of something here. In, in verse 12 of 1 Peter 4, he says, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of, of glory and of God resteth upon you, on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, tonight, when we are opposing evil, we must be filled with the Spirit of God. 
We, we need God's help. If we're going to have victory over the evil like Paul and Barnabas faced, we need the Spirit of God filling our life. The second thing we must do is we must confront sin. We must confront sin in our own life. We must confront the sin of others. I mean, we, we find they confronted Elimus with where he was at. Now, we don't see any type of conversion. We don't see any type of thing that happens with us. And sometimes people, when they're confronted with their sin, they are going to reject. They're not going to do anything with it. But we need to allow, then, the hand of God to give the victory in every case. We need to just trust God. We need to do our part. So, so as we're witnessing to that person, just like they witnessed the Sergius Paulus, and he saw everything that transpired, and, and Sergius Paulus, it says there in verse 12, he believed, being astonished at the doctrine or the teaching of the Lord. He wanted to hear the word of God. He heard the word of God. But he also saw some amazing things take place as well. And, and he trusted in God. But God gives the victory. So don't stop praying for that person. Don't stop witnessing for that person. Don't give up. We, we need to do our part but we also need to place that the part that is in God's hands in his hands, and we need to trust him. And so let's allow God to get the victory as we oppose evil. Let's have a word of prayer this evening. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for just the truth of your word and the encouragement that we find in it. I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to oppose the evil that we face each day. I pray that you would help us each individually and, and Crimson Avenue Baptist Church, even corporately, to oppose the evil in this world, to share the gospel with others so that people can be saved, they can trust Christ. I pray that we would keep the sin out of our life. And Lord, if there's anything in my heart, if there's anything in, in anyone's heart tonight that needs to be dealt with, Lord, I pray that you would just work in that heart and show them their need and their need to repent and turn to you. If there's someone here that hasn't trusted Christ even as their Savior, I pray that you would speak to their heart about that need. Just bless this time, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let, let's just play one verse, Sherry, if you don't mind. This is just your opportunity. You can sit right there if you need to pray where you're at. We're just going to play one hymn here, and just give an opportunity to you respond as the Holy Spirit of God has dealt with your heart.
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would dismiss us now with your blessings. I pray that we would just seek to walk with you the remainder of this week. I pray that you would bless uh, those that just need your touch and help this evening. Lord, I, the folks that were mentioned that are going through very difficult health issues right now, I pray that you would grant grace and strength to them. I pray that you would just help us as we go out into the world, Lord, that we would walk with you, that we would be the salt and the light that you would have us to be. I pray that you would uh, bless Brother Eccles and bring him back home uh, safely. I pray that you would just bless this church. I pray that you would just use them in a great way for your glory and honor. Just uh, be with us this evening. Uh, be, watch over us as we travel home. We love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity to preach. I really appreciate Brother Eccles giving me the opportunity, and it's great to be with you all. You're all dismissed. <laughs>